It's my pleasure to welcome this week's show, author Katie Burke. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me, Jane. Congratulations on your book. Thank you. I know. What a time to release a book. <laughs> <laughs> it's been interesting. Hasn't it? Yeah. yeah. What has it been like? I mean, is it, uh, you doing a lot of these Zoom calls and different interviews? I'm doing some. I mean, most of the publicity campaign we did in pre-orders, so sales have been really good. Um, but yeah, I mean, I had a bunch of live events that were postponed, and it's hard to yeah. say when they're going to happen. But I have had a couple bookstores do, um, yeah, they were all, I think they were Zoom events. And then podcast interviews like these and things like that that you can always do. Great. So tell me how, first of all, tell the listeners um, the title of your book and how it came about. It is Urban Playground, What Kids Say About Living in San Francisco. And it started uh, with my meeting my publisher in January or February 2018 at the San Francisco Writers Conference. Um, she had done a panel about publishing and, and all sorts of things. And she's in Berkeley. I'm in San Francisco. And she um, also offers writing coaching services. So that's initially what I contacted her about to say, I've been writing for over a decade, but I haven't really done anything with it. I don't know if I want a book or what I want to do. So she had me show her some of the things I had written before. And it's a lot of writing about the city. And then in the past few years, writing a column about kids, featuring kids, so she put it together like and said, kids in the city. Great. Because yeah. it doesn't seem like I've seen much of anything around that topic. Yeah. I mean, it was a totally new <clears throat> concept. And in fact, when we had to do, you know, for the publishing materials, we had to do look for comps. There's nothing quite like it. There are things mm -hmm. that are kind of, you know, more toward one thing or another, but not exactly this concept, which you know, who knew how that was going to turn out, but it's turned out to be pretty good and people have liked that it's something different. So what was it about this topic that really resonated with you? I love kids. I am the devoted aunt of six nieces and two nephews. Um, so I absolutely love kids. I had already been writing a column for a couple of years for a local paper here, the Noe Valley Voice, featuring kids. So doing exactly what I did in the book. Um, and... Uh, and I also just, I love this city. I've lived in San Francisco since 99. Um, so originally the concept was that it would be kids in multiple cities. So I interviewed about 65 kids in cities around the U.S. by FaceTime wow. mostly. Um, but then we changed it to start in San Francisco because I live here. I've been here forever. Um, so then we scrapped, you know, or put those interviews on hold and started all over with interviews here. So I just love the city and I love kids. and the most fun part about it was to really see all the kids who are in San Francisco. Cause there's this joke that there are more dogs than kids in San Francisco. Really? Which might not even actually be a joke. Like <laughs> it might actually be true. So yeah, it was fun to kind of get plugged into the kid network here. I have a background in qualitative research. Did you look at it as a qualitative study? No, um, not at all. I had no agenda going in or anything. I was, trying to get answered or any particular answer I was looking for. It was very much to feature kids who live in the city. So kids around the world and I guess anyone around the world could just see what it's like to grow up in San Francisco and what kids have to say and kind of a connecting mm -hmm. tool. So like even kids in a rural area in the middle of the Midwest could find something to connect to. I love that. 
Sure, because it's a place maybe perhaps they would like to visit, but they haven't had a chance. They'd like to know more about it. Did it give you insight into maybe things you've overlooked about the city or, you know, how, because as we get older, we lose that sense of exploration and creativity? Yeah, I would say what it's done is now, I mean, I've tried food places because I was like, a kid told me about this or you know, whatever. <laughs> it's like everything that's at their yeah. level, you know, it's like we like a lot of that stuff too. Mm-hmm. So yes, there are a lot of things like that because I don't have kids. So it's even though I spend time with kids, it's not in the same way where they're doing their things every Saturday. And mm-hmm. um, so that, and yes, just kind of seeing what the world of the city would be like for kids, which I always thought would be super cool. And that's kind of the conclusion I came to after talking to all these kids, that it would be so great to be a kid growing up in a city like this. That's amazing. Um, Have you been to New York City? Yes, many times. How would you, have you ever thought about maybe doing a different city as well? I have. I originally was going to go city by city and New York was going to be next. I have nieces and a nephew in New York and I I go there many, many times. I love it. I went to school in Connecticut. so I had thought about that. Uh, now with coronavirus and sheltering in place, yeah, no. the project has kind of changed and I'm sure. thinking about talking to kids about that. Mm-hmm. Any surprises along the way when um, you were talking to kids? Yes, I should not have been surprised, but it's, it was really sweet to see how almost every kid, if it was like their favorite park is the park by their house and they all love ice cream. And that was the part that, I didn't even realize it till I was writing up, writing it up that it was like, oh, there, there's sort of a theme here. And it's kind of, you know, the cliche, like the happiest thing is in your own backyard, you know, and mm-hmm. that's the part I like about kids being anywhere, being able to connect to that. Cause it's not like every kid said Golden Gate Park was the best or Dolores Park or, you know, something, there were some repeated favorite spots, but, um, but it was nice to just see, yeah, kids want what's in their backyard and they'll explore their little area and their favorite place. And it's always going to be ice cream and it's always going to be parks. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like um, you probably experience a lot of gratitude from them about what's in their perimeter. Yes. And simplicity. I feel like one of the greatest things I think about being a kid growing up in a city like this, and I grew up in technically a city, but Phoenix, it, it's just feels way more like a suburb, but like a real urban center. Um, it's just that there's so much at their fingertips that they're not even aware a lot of people don't have. Mm-hmm. And the, the gratitude piece, it's like they also, I mean, it's like the park is great, you know, so they could be a park at a park in the middle of a rural area of Oklahoma and be just as happy. And, you know, so yes, I mean, definitely a lot of contentment and simplicity. And sometimes parents would sort of want to correct after the interview and say uh-huh. like, oh, we take them to this place and that place and because <laughs> they would just answer things that they love. And it's not necessarily the most glamorous answer. I know they love. Can you imagine the parent that takes their kid to like Paris or, you know, out of the country and the kid says, my favorite thing is the park around the corner. (laughs) Yes, I had one like that. And I have, if parents agreed to it and the kid wanted to do it, I would take video for the website and whatever else. And there was one where I was interviewing a girl on video. So her mom couldn't talk. So the whole interview happened and she was talking about, she loves to go to Target and she loves McDonald's and <laughs> and she lives in just this really cool area of San Francisco. And, uh, you know, she just said all this stuff. So then when the recording went off, she was the one I was thinking of, this mother 
saying, we take her to the Academy of Arts and Sciences. We take her to this and that. It was like, yeah, I'm sure you do. I mean, why would you live here? Pay the property taxes otherwise. But you know, it's, yeah, I mean, it, whatever's on their mind that they had a fun time, you know, they had a fun day or whatever it is. Yeah. That's happened. It doesn't take much to make a kid happy. No. It really and it can be the thing you don't even think of. Like it might've been a really fun day with the parent or, you know, something like that. And that's what made it memorable or, you know, it's true. I grew up in Manhattan. I lived in New York city for eight years growing up. And my Saturday night was a TV dinner, watching a movie, time with me, going to McDonald's, whatever. But I, I can picture all the special places on my street going from second Avenue all the way up to school and the movie theaters and the candy stores. And there's all these things as a kid, like my favorite candy store and the pizza place and, you know, simple little things. Absolutely. Jimmy Fallon was recently talking about, cause he grew up in New York, Pizza Hut. He loved Pizza Hut and his family would go there for special occasions. You know, it's like, and he's in New York city. Yes. That's <laughs> yeah. so cute. What else would you like listeners to know about your book? Um, I think one thing is just that it is a lot of fun for kids. I've been getting great feedback from kids and actually up through teenage years, which I wasn't expecting and wasn't writing for necessarily, but I had some people who are parents say my teenager liked it and they liked doing, you know, their five questions after each profile for kids and adults to discuss. And, and um, I heard back that a few teenage uh, kids of my friends uh, really liked going through the questions and answering them. So one thing is that, I do think it's a book for everybody. I mean, I really wrote it for kids ages five to nine everywhere. Cause as I said before, it's, it's connecting to kids in San Francisco. You don't have to be from San Francisco to appreciate it. Um, but it turns out it's just a fun book for, you know, and my friends read it, my fr my adult friends read it and really liked it. So that I would say, you know, I wouldn't have said this when I was writing it, but I would say now that I do think it's a book that really anyone could appreciate for different reasons. Were there some special places in San Francisco that kids did make note of? There were. I, I was very intentional to not make it like a guidebook or instructive, you know, prescriptive in that way. But a lot of kids, there's a great park here. Uh, you may or may not know Dolores Park, um, which is really wonderful. And a lot of kids mentioned that. Um, what I think is really great about it are the parks I heard about that are just in kids' neighborhoods that you wouldn't necessarily know about if you don't hang out in those neighborhoods. Um, and for me, when I did the interviews, I always offered to go to the home, which most parents took me up on. So I was going into neighborhoods. I mean, I've lived in the city 21 years, so I've probably, I'm sure I've been in every neighborhood, but I, I spent time in neighborhoods that I hadn't spent a lot of time in. So that was really fun. I mean, definitely if people read it, I would say, I think almost every profile has something in it that's an interesting place to go because it was interesting to the kid talking about it. Could you just tell us a little bit about your background, what you're doing before you wrote this book? Sure. Uh, well, I have a family law practice in the city and I was, I still write a column for no, the Noe Valley Voice called Noe Kids, where I interview kids from Noe Valley um, and write their profiles. So I had been doing that for a couple years I had uh, written, I had done a family project through StoryWorth, which is a platform, um, the company's based here actually, and you can write family stories and family members can write to each other. But we did it so that for a year I was writing to my six nieces and two nephews and telling family stories. That's nice. Um, yeah. So that's a little bit about kind of who I was going into this project. 
any advice for people that are uh, listening or watching and thinking, I'm that person, it's taken me years, the idea just sits on my desk, I don't know what to do with it. Yes, I'm that person, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, if I had not had my publisher say to me, because I went to her for writing coaching, mm -hmm. and a few times into it, you know, she had me do a couple samples of this idea, and a few times into it, she said, why don't we put you on the publication schedule? You know, and had she not done that, I might never have stopped deliberating about whether I had a book in me or, you know, or anything. So being on the other side of it, I was lucky that I had a contract to motivate me because I signed the contract before I wrote the book. Yes. Um, but I remind myself of that now because that's not the situation most creative people find themselves in. I mean, the, the word is create. It's like you have to put it out in the world. Yes. So I tell myself this all the time now that this book only happened because I sat down and did it and I was lucky that I had to do it. Um, but I really, it's like, oh my gosh, I could have been doing that all this time. So I, it's like that people had given me that advice too, but I was always looking in writer's market, where can I publish? Publish what? I hadn't written anything, <laughs> you know? So it's like really that idea that if you create it, it's going to turn into something. I mean, you, especially now, I mean, you can, you can publish it yourself if nobody else does, but sure. so really, I mean, it sounds sort of like such cliched advice, but it's, it's like, it's not going to be anything if you don't make it. And, and it will be something if you do, because you can put it anywhere. I mean, you can't just dream about it and talk about it. Right. And then once you start telling people, they're going to call you on it. How's the book going? Oh, I haven't really written it yet. Um, right. Right. Yeah. And that happened too. It was like everywhere I went, people would say, I mean, I have other aspects of my life, but the first thing anyone would say is how's the book going, you know? So it was fun. That's another thing I would say is build community around it in that way and go to writers conferences and do these things because I've heard people say that's taking time away from your writing, but it's like, but you're writing for an audience and you it need motivates you. Feedback. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, you need your ideas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also because it can be so discouraging because it's obviously very tough industry to get your foot into and you can have the best idea, but the networking is really hard, is really part of motivating you to keep going, to be around other people that are going through the same thing, I think, or to give you ideas. And a lot of people will not take writers seriously. Um, and that might be particularly true, or maybe it's just universally true, but I found because I have something I do by day, you know, I'm running a law practice. So people would say, oh, your real deadline, you know, if they were talking uh. about the law practice. And for me, I mean, I've reached a point in my writing career where there's no difference. It's like whatever is the most pressing thing that week, it doesn't matter if it's writing or law, it's the most pressing thing that week. And that's what's more important, um, whichever one it is but it's not like writing gets pushed aside for the law practice, but it used to, because I really listened to that message that That's says, true. if you're not getting paid the same or, you know, whatever it is, it's, but yeah, it's like, you have to, especially with the pandemic, I really thought to myself, I'm so grateful for the timing being what it was because I had somebody basically push me into writing a book right before all this happened. Good. And it taught me like, yeah, I got it done because I had to. Definitely. Um, the show is called Get the Funk Out. Mm -hmm. Have you ever been in your own funk? And if so, how did you find your way out? Um, well, I would say I was in a decade and a half long creative funk, probably, because I started writing in 2004. Um, mm -hmm. And I mean, looking back, there actually was a really steady flow of publication and writing happening. Good. But 
um, I was spending a lot of time. So the way I would define funk for me is just this deliberating, like, do I want to have a blog or do I want it to be this or do I want it to be that? And what I say to myself now looking back is, do you want what to be that? Like what? <laughs> what, are <you> creating? <laughs> what are you creating? You know, so it was like I was always putting the end goal before the, um, you know, like sitting in a metaphorical basement with, you know, a Word document in front of me. So, yeah, so that's how I would describe funk. I never had periods of no writing at all or being That's depressed true. about it or anything like that. But that the deliberating for me is what I would think of as my yes, The overthinking. Mm -hmm. It's like when I write, I just, I was telling somebody, I just dump it out on paper. That's my lousy first draft. Yeah. And then mm -hmm. you just get it out there and then you kind of clean it up and throw this, throw away that. And then you get to the good stuff. Right. But right. you have to sit down and actually write something. That's right. True for <laughs> everybody. Yeah. It's the only way yeah. through it. Where can people find out more about you? My website is katieburkeauthor.com, K-A-T-I-E-B-U-R-K-E author.com. And then on the website, it has my uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, um, you know, the icons for those. Uh, yeah, and so they can find out there. They can buy the book there. You can see some of the profiles of kids there. There are some of the videos up for the, um, you know, and these these are sometimes the same and sometimes different kids from the book because some of the out-of-state kids I put on the website. Good. Um, so yeah, that's a good place to start is on my website. And then you can, when this is all over, you can go to other cities, LA, New York. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It'll be fun. Good plan. All right. Thank you so much, Katie. I've really enjoyed this. Thank you, Janine. I did too. Congratulations. Thank you.